you're with Karen. How are you going? Here we go. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Great to have your company. Hi, how are you going? You're with Karen Swain, accentuating the positive. It's my intent to present more empowering and loving messages through our media, more love in the media. So I present inspiring stories from people all over the globe who break down the barriers of prejudice, judgment and hatred and uplift our world with their stories and their messages. You can listen to some of my interviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Soul Traveller Radio and Community Radio here in Sydney. Please subscribe and support Positive Media. You can stay up to date with the show on Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain on Facebook or go to karenswain.com and you'll see most of the podcasts there. And I've got a couple of guests in the studio with me today. Cassie is back. We spoke to Cassie a couple of years, well, I don't know, about a year ago. And Cassie is a transgender individual who has been transitioning from male to female. And when we spoke to Cassie about a year ago, she was in the middle of it, but she was still, because I listened back to the interview, she wouldn't listen to it. I said, did you listen to it? She said, no, nah, don't want to hear myself. No, and. <laughs> I said, well, actually, you said in the interview that you're quite happy being both. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here again. <laughs> Good to have you back. I'm dying to hear the rest of your story. So I was listening to your interview a year ago and you said, no, I'm quite happy being, I can be both. I can be a man at work and then, you know, during my social life, I'm a woman, you but know, out changed. at night. That's changed, obviously. Yes. So you've decided to go full time. Um, yeah, definitely changed. So in March, we went on a holiday to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Okay. And then came back and went full-time as Cassie. Ah, so what so. sparked the decision to go full-time? It was just, it was about time. It just felt right. Yeah. So it's something you really know yourself. Yeah. That it's time to, to be who you really should be and just basically transition and did all the paperwork, got my name changed, which was slightly drama-filled because of how they do things in New South Wales. But eventually I appealed and that got done. So is it more difficult to change your name from a male to a female name or is it just difficult to change your name verbatim? Just difficult to change your name because I'm born overseas right? and the rules for New South Wales is if you haven't lived here for three years or longer because you're overseas, you can't officially change your name and you've got to appeal. But if I'd stayed in Victoria, it's only a year. So it's a classic, this is Australian states and they have all their own little foibles and rules and it becomes quite challenging and hard. But without the name change, you can't pretty much do everything else. Right. And it starts to make some legal questions around work quite challenging because people get quite fearful around, well, if you don't have a name change, you don't have a passport with female on it, it becomes really hard for individuals and hard for companies to defend certain things. So uh, people get antsy. But once you start to get down the path, it's really simple. Uh, the fun one was going to get my driver's license changed. And the guy just looked at me and went, yeah, fine, stand there, take a picture. 
And he's actually taken a really good picture. It's one of the best pictures I've ever had on photo <laughs> or license or a passport. Because they're, they're usually always the worst. No, this one's really good. <laughs> My passport picture is terrible. I actually went into camera shop in Sydney. The guy was so short, he actually asked me to, asked me to bend down and sort of kneel because he just couldn't get the picture. And he just gave me this shocking picture. He's like, oh, I'll just put it on my passport. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's like, oh, that's terrible. But then, you know, if you come off a 24-hour flight internationally, you look terrible anyway, so it sort of matches. You're like, yeah, that's that's me. There you go. Yeah. So the most difficult part of this, I mean, it takes a courageous soul because obviously you were being Cassie in your personal life and in yep. your you know, party life out at night and things like that yep. and obviously in the supermarket and things. But going to work because obviously you have a whole stream of colleagues that know you as a man and yep. then did you prepare them? Like I'm going to be turning up as a woman one day or did you just turn up as a woman? No, oh, no, no. Um, if you just turn up as a woman one day, all hell's going to break loose. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not, not a good idea. Uh, and it's unfair on both yourself, your colleagues and depending on where you work, maybe your clients as well. Yeah. So what we did is I'd spoken to HR, spoken to the management team at the company I was working at and they said, well, how do we do this? They'd never helped anyone transition. So I put them in touch with the Gender Centre. Okay. And they run workshops for companies and what they do is they come in, depending on the size of the company, one or two hours, they will run through presentations, they run through what transgender means, what transitioning means, what to expect. So they took through all the management team and anyone who was direct report with me or worked with me had sessions as well. So everyone knew what was going to happen and I told the close people anyway. And that was the whole point of going away for two weeks. Yeah. So I went away as a boy and came back as a girl and nothing happened. And that's the thing. I think you build your own walls and you yeah. build your own fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went in and that was it. It just continued as before. And that's the thing. And no one quizzed you about it? They weren't curious? No. There were some people who have asked questions, but they were people who I'm sort of friends with. Yeah. So there was an exception, acceptance from me to them to ask questions. Yeah. Everyone else just carried on. Mm. I'm sure I know there was conversations and there was gossip around the office because mm. I've been told, mm -hmm. but no one asked me directly. And that's the thing. You just carry on. Yeah, you know, there it's, you go. It's sort of, it's. I'm going to say something. Try. It's like you know, you just change your clothes or had a haircut, and people go, "Oh, you look different," and that's it. Yeah. Uh, the fear for me was more dealing with some of the clients right. and dealing with how they would react. And to be truthful, everyone again just carried on regardless. And it's it's a beautiful thing to know that that you you think people are going to be problematic, but they're actually not. And yeah, it just carried on. And oh, it's such an important aspect because, you know, I've been speaking this year, it's been a big year for me talking to some amazing people, both on radio. Well, I put them all on radio, but I've been speaking to them on Skype, people from overseas, mm. and a lot of amazing spiritual teachers channeling exalted wisdom. And, and the story that stuck with me is this grand shift that we're in in our human consciousness. Mm. And we all have to move yep. because we're at a point where we could blow each other up. We could, we could either blow each other up with our hate and our resentment and our judgment or we could go on to live a better life. And so this story of judgment is really the story that globally is needing to be addressed because yep. we're all judging each other for different colours and religions and sexual orientations. I mean, the judgment's rife. So a story like yours really deals with 
judgment. Yes. And no one judged anything. There's like there's been a couple of instances where you still get misgendered, which I find odd because they're looking at me and they say he and you're like, what is going through your mind to say that? There was one individual, he was trying to basically goad me. So I just looked at him and went, really? And he never did it again. And that's sort of part of the territory, unfortunately. Yeah. Because there's no point getting wrapped up or hung up on, as you say, haste and judgment. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep you out, out of my life and I'm going to move on. Ah, uh, look, it's great. Look, the judgment that comes up inside the individual that's judging you is really about the judgment they hold within themselves for yes. themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a reflection of them, not you. Yeah. And that's the thing I think. I saw a, there was a meme, a picture, a, sorry, a year ago, is how people react to you is not you, it's them. Absolutely. That's their upbringing, that's their background, that's their feeling, that's their fear. Yeah. And if they are going to be like that, that's because they're scared. Yes. And you can help them be less scared if you can, but sometimes these individuals don't want to be. They want <sighs> to hold on the fear because that gives them a power and a control. Well, it gives, they feel that no, it doesn't give them control, but they think it does. Yes. There's been so many stories of people that are like completely homophobic, reverends and usually older men yep. that have come out in the press that they were actually gay yes. and they were so scared of their own sexuality that they, they would beat up, literally physically beat up on other gay yep. men or transgender individuals. Look, oh, look, it's all fascinating. We've been having a chat with Cassie, who is a transgender individual. She's been transitioning this year and she has transitioned from a male to a female. So we've been hearing her story. We heard all about how she had to prep her colleagues at work and specifically her clients at work too, because you work in the IT industry, don't you? Yes, I do. So talking to the clients, again, same as work, you just couldn't turn up and be a girl or a woman. Uh, so the account managers all went had a chat individually with the key clients and said, look, because you know me before, we're going to talk through how this is going to happen and what's happening. And to a person, they all just didn't judge. They didn't do anything. They just carried on as normal. And since then, I've actually changed jobs, changed oh, yeah. companies. Okay. So I interviewed as Cassie, uh, got employed as Cassie, and no one's asking either. And they just send me into clients, and it's, there's nothing. And you can still see some people ask questions, and depending on how sort of friendly people get, you can start to ask, they'll, they'll start to probe a little. Mm, well, go, that's what well, I'm doing, I'm probing. Yes, and <laughs> I, it's obviously, it's obvious because I'm six foot, it's like, well, okay, that's not potentially a woman, it's, you know, it's someone who's transgender. So you just go, okay. And your voice is still quite deep. Yeah, I know. Um, did, did the hormones not, because that's what I want to talk to you about, like being a woman, did the hormones not change your voice? Because a lot of people's voices do change when they take the hormones. No, mine hasn't. But hormones on individuals is a very much an experiment. Mm. So they will always say, we think things will change, things mm. will happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But no one really knows how you'll react. Yeah, exactly. Like my last blood test, my doctor looked at me and said, there's something odd going on. Mm. And it was like, oh. He said, well, it's not bad odd, it's just odd. And he said, your, uh, your estrogen's up and going through the roof. And it's like, well, that's not normal. Because when you're on hormones, the one I'm on is synthetic and it doesn't normally come up in the tests. Mm -mm -mm. So it's like, well, somewhere I'm manufacturing normal estrogen yeah. myself, yeah. which is actually a good thing, but it's not typically seen. So from a voice point of view, like some people have said, oh, you could do this. and But then for me, it's like, well, I, don't, I just want to be me mm -mm. and I'm going to be me. 
Do you find that you have less hair, facial hair, and like does the oestrogen stop the hair? Because I remember seeing on television years ago uh, the opposite, a woman transitioning to a man and she started taking obviously the male testosterone, the male hormone, and she said the first thing that started happening was her hair fell out on the top of her head and started growing on her chin. Yeah, it falls down. The hair on my face hasn't changed, but I've been having laser hair removal. Right, right. So it's greatly thinned it out. It's not so much... But what I've noticed on this on my chest, the hair's pretty much uh, not all gone, but sufficiently reduced. It's okay. Oh, yeah. uh, so I, it's it is very different between individuals on how that happens. Yeah. Um, I I know quite a few people who want facial feminization surgery. They want breast augmentation, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do any of that. I'm just going to be me and carry on being me. And I was at a Christmas party last night, and someone was saying, "So when did you transition?" I said March, and they were like. Wow, I can't believe it's only March because you seem so comfortable with yourself. You've had a lot of support. I have, <laughs> and I've had support from friends, family. Yeah. So it, it has made it really easy. Yeah. But my response to his question was, "Well, it's because I'm actually me." Yeah. You know, when you finally figure out who you are, you are comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And there's no fear of being caught out or anything. It's just I'm just me. Yeah. Just take it as it is, and that's the difference. Yeah. And I think that shows in how you respond and how you react and how you carry yourself. You're just being yourself. Yeah, we all need to learn how to be comfortable in our own skin. Yes. And yeah. whatever, whatever's going on. Okay, so the questions I want to ask is how different is it being a female? from Because, you know, most of us only go through life as one gender, but yes. you've experienced two. <laughs> um, I really don't find for myself it's that much different. How people react has been an interesting lesson. There's things like you'll be in a bus queue and previously people wouldn't push through in front of me and now they do. So you'll get men, obviously. Really? Who will sort of just go, okay, you get pushed in front of, you get treated slightly differently in that respect. It's a general sweeping statement and I'm not going to go there, but some individuals will just go, oh, woman, and there's a power thing going on. So that's, wow, I would have thought it would have been the opposite. They would have been standing up for you for a seat on the bus. No, nope, no. Nope. There's some individuals who yeah, just go, oh, I'm going to push in front of you. It's like, there's no space there. What did you do that for? Uh, you, and you didn't find that happen when you were a man? Nope, never, 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 never. So that's, that's interesting. Pretty much everything else has just been exactly the same. In work, being in IT and being female in IT is, is intriguing because sometimes you walk into a room and you are literally the only woman in the room. And I've got some friends in IT who are women and they went, yeah, welcome to our world. And that's also an interesting experience, just being that, that one person. But also it starts to give you a different perspective. Sometimes you'll be in there and there'll be two alpha males battling it out on how clever they are <laughs> and who's the top dog. And you just sit back and watch it and go, oh, that's quite cute really, but totally futile. So you don't feel like joining the alpha no, males? No, not at all. I just sort of carry on and just sit back and let them argue and then just go, do you want to try that? Because this is the actual answer. And it's like, what? You know. So have you found your personality has changed like like that? Like maybe in the past you would have butted in and said, look, I've got the answer, I've got the answer. Or do you find there's like traits in your personality that have shifted now that you feel more feminine? I would say some things have shifted. Back to the comfort, That's, some of them were already there. Right. So I was never at times really that forceful. Right. Um, so it's a case of, yeah, they, it's more enhanced what was there. 
rather than anything else, rather than developing a new personality. Someone said to me years ago there was two, and some people will say they could see both. Uh, I think it's sort of come together at the same time. Mm. So, Are you more nurturing to people? Yeah, I'd say there is. More mothering? I wouldn't say mothering. I'm happier to give back and get people give people help. But I was always helpful before. I was never a big fan of sort of hard power and far more of soft power. So helping people, doing favours for people, I feel is a, a better way and an easier way of doing work and things. Yeah. So when it comes down to helping people, I've always done that. But you're not cooking up big dinners and feeding people and stuff like that. <laughs> I feed the one next to me constantly. <laughs> so that would be a yes then. <laughs> um, you're the chef in the family. Yes. And yeah. I, well, some people don't like cooking and I love cooking. Yeah. And especially if you I don't have to be a woman to love cooking, but no. it sort of goes along with the whole mothering instinct, doesn't yeah. it? Feed, a, let me feed you, let me feed you. There's a stereotype there, but from a cooking point of view, if I had a stressful day, get home at six, and a lot of people just want to put the feet up, and I don't mind actually going into the kitchen for an hour or two and doing there dinner. There you go, you're different to me. Mind you, I used to work as a cook, so yep. <laughs> I the last thing I want to do is, is go cook. And cook. <laughs> Ah, oh, dang, it's been fascinating to hear your story. Thank you. It's been wonderful. And uh, congratulations on helping us, you know, reduce our judgment towards people. I think that, you know, you, we have these soul contracts where we come in and say, this is who I'm going to be, and then people will have to work it out, and, <laughs> and that's their journey, And but I'll be a part of inspiring them on their journey. So it's like a sacred contract, I call it. So it's, it's beautiful. Thanks again, honey, for coming in. Thanks for joining me. You've been listening to Karen's Way and Accentuating the Positive. Remember, if you'd like to support us, you could like us on Facebook, Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain and Soul Traveller Radio. Or if you want to know more about me and the show, go to karenswain.com. Bye for now. Like that's what you want to do.